Thank you for listening to Late Night Writers, Episode 10. I'm your host, Kristen Foles, filling in for my daughter, Gretchen. Today, our guest was Katie Bilo. She talked about boarding versus having your horse at home. Trevor, what else did she talk to us about? Um, so within the boarding, she also talked about like the financial aspect of it and me not being a horse person myself um, or in the equestrian lifestyle. Um, I never knew like the certain things that you kind of have to look at and like it's not just picking out a boarding facility to put your horse in it's like making sure doing your research making sure like it's got all these things that you would prefer for your facility to have before you even put a horse in there or pick which one you want to do and then along with that she said like sometimes there's trainers and um fields and like the inside arenas that also benefit with the financial so she had a lot of information i've been a horse person for a long time and there were things that i never even thought about so i thought it was a great episode we hope you enjoy thank you hi everyone hey there Hello. hi today i'm joined by trevor debbie and katie and Katie, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your horses? Um, so I have a Holsteiner mare um, that I do the hunters, jumpers, and equitation with. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, she is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's been in some of our ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and generally on the A circuit or the double A circuit. Um, and then we have a pony at home that belongs to my niece. Um, he's just fat and hairy and sassy right now, living <laughs> the dream. Um, and then actually, um, the mare that my mare is out of, um, the, the people that we purchased my mare from, um, they are going to be discontinuing their breeding program. And um, I had offered that, you know, hey, I know the mare's a little bit older if you're looking for a retirement home, you know, you could send her up. So she's supposed to be coming in March or April, depending us getting all of our fencing done. <laughs> wow. That's so exciting. So. so you have a little bit of both. You have the, I, I have a few horses at home, and you're going to experience this for the very first time for yourself with the, the horse coming home? Um, no. I mean, we've had horses at home before, like the ponies at my parents' place. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've had horses at home before. Actually, my show mare now, um, when she was younger, she was at home. So definitely have experienced the work and dedication and commitment and um, the feeling of being out somewhere and, oh my gosh, it's thunderstorming and the horses are turned out or, (laughs) oh, hey, let's go out for dinner. And next thing you know, it's eight o'clock at night and it's like, oh yeah, it's still dark out and horses are outside. Um, so yeah. Um, or the, the whole planning a a weekend away and like, oh yeah, we probably should find somebody to take care of the horses this weekend. (laughs) See both sides of the story. So boarding though is something that you're doing right now with your, your what is your horse's name baton rouge okay so yes my show horse is boarded currently and probably will be boarded for a long time okay so and what do you what's your what's the benefit of being there at the boarding um well first and foremost being in northwest ohio um we're experiencing some lovely 40 degree weather today Mm -hmm. um however (laughs) that has not been the case for the last several months um so the barn the facility that i'm at currently um, they have an indoor arena, which is awesome, but it's also heated. Mm-hmm. So that's really oh, nice. So, so we don't have any restrictions, um, in terms of weather, um, on, on training for a competition. And since she is my show horse, um, it's important that she stay in a regular program. 
Um, but you know, from from an owner's perspective, you know, boarding is nice because I work a full time job. Mm-hmm. So trying to have a show horse at home, um, I would have to haul in somewhere for lessons and training and things like that, um, which would be really difficult. You know, getting off of work at you know five o'clock hour, mm-hmm. and then you know going and hooking up the trailer and you know, having to own and maintain a truck and trailer, which mm-hmm. I no longer have because my horse is boarded. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot to try to deal with. Um, it's a convenience thing, number one. Um, number two, you know, vet appointments, farrier appointments, dentist appointments, chiropractor appointments, all of that, I don't have to worry about because mm-hmm. they take care of that. Oh, you don't have to be there. I do not have to be there. I like That's to be there, nice. mm-hmm. but I don't have to be there. And that was, it was difficult for me to relinquish some of that control initially because I, when I had horses at home, I scheduled all of that. I was there mm-hmm. for all of that. But I'll tell you what, after you get over the initial um, uneasiness of relinquishing that control, it's mm-hmm. a really nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, going to the horse shows um, we leave, our horse shows are typically five days long. They typically start on a Wednesday and run through Sunday. Um, so we generally ship into a horse show on Monday or Tuesday. Um, Tuesday is a schooling and training day. Start horse, horse showing on Wednesday. Um, my horse just gets on the semi with everybody else on Monday when they leave. So I don't have to worry about transportation, which is super nice. Very nice. Um, you know, and it, it, again, that's something that working a job would be very difficult because if they're going to a show in Wilmington, Ohio, and they're shipping in on Monday, am I going to take the day off of work on Monday to trailer my horse down? Or am I going to mm-hmm. trailer down to Wilmington and back on Monday evening? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it's just, there are a lot of perks that come with boarding um, from the perspective of having a show horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I know not everybody has a show horse not everybody that boards has a show horse, but, you know, some people aren't able to have their horses at home because they don't have the space or the um, amenities to be able to do that. But I have to say, um, I I appreciate the barn workers that we have. Um, they're very in tune with everything that takes place, everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, they have a regular schedule. They're fed at 6 a.m. They're fed at 3.30 p.m. They get lunch. They do night check. They, you know, water again in the evening and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just a nice routine to where they're in a consistent routine and everybody is always kind of have a, has a watchful eye over them. Mm -hmm. Um, Where at home, that's not always the case because Mm -hmm. you have to live life. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. So is this the first uh, barn that you've boarded at? Oh gosh, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, no. Um. So when I was younger and in 4-H, um, I boarded with um, a local trainer in the area um, until they kind of retired from the business and moved out of the area. And that was kind of um, a wintertime thing. I had the horse at home in the summer and boarded in the winter, you know, financially. That's what was feasible. Um, And then after that, um, I boarded, you know, I've boarded more than I've had horses at home. And when I say had horses at home, um, I had a very close family member, or I'm sorry, a very close friend that was kind of like family member um, that had a farm and it was almost set up kind of like a co-op. Like we'd do things, um, you know, to help each other out. I would do, you know, I'd do the chores in the morning and turn horses out. They would make Mm -hmm. sure horses came in in the evening. I'd help out on the weekends, that kind of thing. So it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. co-op. 
but you know, I I've been to a lot of different boarding facilities, um, and I would say, you know, each has had you know some great qualities, and you know there definitely have been some less desirable qualities about them as well. That's one question. <clears throat> excuse me, that I have that I wanted to ask is that going to different. Um, facilities like that do you um, what did you do when you were looking for like people who are listening um, to try to find a barn that you felt would work for you or did you kind of I don't want to say shop but did you look and then did you find you know at this barn it's what did you find with like the barns that you kind of looked for or or found out later on that this is what I'd like to do um, so for me, it was, first of all, it was very discipline specific because I have a okay. hunter jumper, you mm-hmm. know, I need to go to a hunter jumper barn. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in, I wanted my horse to be in a program. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that I don't care how broke they are, if they're going to be used on a regular basis, if they're going to be in a show program, that they need to be in some kind of a program where a trainer does something with them, even if it's just once a week. Okay. Um, you know, so first and foremost, it was, you know, matching up a training program that fit with what it was that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody that when they said they were going to ride my horse, they were going to ride my horse. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, they'll get ridden. And then you find out that it didn't work mm-hmm. or didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted somebody that had a good lesson schedule available. So where I am currently, they do lessons on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings for boarders and then also on Saturday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Now, in the summertime, that Saturday afternoon option goes away because they're usually at horse shows. Mm-hmm. But they still offer the Tuesday-Thursday lessons. Um, and that's included in the price of board. Okay. Um, another thing that was really important to me was the care. What is the care? What When I went and looked around, like, what do the horses look like that live there? Are they happy? Um, Do they look like they're happy? Are their hair coats decent? You know, are they in good condition? What does the turnout situation look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Went from a situation where horses were turned out all day, you know, every day to they only get a couple of hours of turnout in the wintertime, but my horse is on a schedule where she actually gets turned out all night long in the Mm. summertime. And she really seems to thrive with that. Mm. Um, So what's the turnout situation? Because they do need to have some kind of turnout. Um, The next thing on my list was what is the arena footing? Um, Dealing Mm -hmm. with a performance horse, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing with an athlete in a sense. Like their their job is to be an athlete. Um, So you're not going to expect a track runner to go out and run on really crappy footing Mm -hmm. because they're going to end up with injuries. You know, Mm -hmm. the same with, you know, a football player, they have, you know, awesome turf because they need it, you Mm -hmm. know, to do their job. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to make sure that you have good arena footing for the discipline that you are participating Mm -hmm. in. in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, rainers want different footing than hunter jumper people and hunter jumper people want Mm -hmm. different footing than dressage riders. So, Um, it's, it's all, you know, a little bit different. So I wanted to be at a facility where it was, you know, the footing was taken care of and was maintained. The next thing was, is the facility maintained? Because if the facility Mm -hmm. isn't maintained, you know, we all know how accident prone horses are to begin with. (laughs) If your facility isn't maintained, then that just adds to that possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that was something that I looked for. 
And, you know, it was, for me, it was important that the people that I was going to be dealing with on a regular basis. That's what I wanted to ask, too. Like, what about the people? Did you know who were kind of there? Or did you talk to them and they say, I'm, I'm here, come and look, or, you know? So my current barn, I did not know anybody when I moved in. Okay. I strictly went there because I was looking for an upper level um, competition facility that had a really good um, training program. And so that was why I initially went there. And I figured, well, I guess I'm going to make some new friends. <laughs> um, so, you know, but my concern was, you know, the people that are there, like, do they care? Does the help care or is this just a paycheck more for them? More than the people there. You're right. more looking at interested, of course, in your horse and what you're going right. to get from being there with the time with your horse. Right. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, you know, I probably pay the equivalent of a mortgage for board every month. Mm. So, you know, the people that are taking care of my horse, do they care about their job or is it just a paycheck to them? Are mm-hmm. they truly vested? Yeah. Um, you know, the trainers, are are they burned out or do they enjoy what they're doing still? Do they mm-hmm. want to see you be successful? Mm-hmm. And are they the kind of trainers that are willing to push you and say, this is what we want. This is what you need to do, you know, and to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, kind of kick your butt a little bit if mm-hmm. need be. Or are they the kind of trainer that's like, oh, yeah, you look like you're doing great. You know, it was a good lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I really wanted somebody that was going to push me to the next level, that was going to provide that constructive criticism and that feedback yeah. in my lesson. And, you know, if I left a lesson upset or frustrated, then that was a good thing occasionally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. did you, do you, when you're doing, like, trying to figure out which facility you're going to, do you take lessons with them first before you start boarding there? Or how do, how, what do you think is the best way? I would say if you're looking for a training program and you're really wanting to match with a trainer, you for sure should take some lessons first. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I definitely took some lessons first. Um, and, you know, there's this there's this unwritten rule in the equine industry, especially when you get to the upper level show barns of if you have a client, that a potential client that comes in that's a client somewhere else you better believe that your trainer is going to find out that you took a lesson somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. You can ask them to not say anything. It's probably going to happen. It's just a general courtesy in the equine world. Um, So you have to kind of be aware that that's going to happen. But odds are, if you're shopping around, your current barn probably knows that you're not real happy anyway. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, I've, and in those situations, I find that it's just better to be upfront and honest of, hey, you know what, it's been great here. The program has been great, um, but I'm at the point where I'm ready to take, you know, a step to the next level or, you know, this just isn't really working for me, me anymore and I appreciate everything that you've done, but mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I'm ready to move on and, you know, just to try to leave on a good note. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That sounds good then. That's, I think that is the better way is to just be upfront and honest and talk about how you feel. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, what about like, uh, do you find that when you go to the barn and you have your schedule, so to speak, I'm sure, or you know what days you're going to be doing what, have you ever come across maybe um, getting going and then you know, someone there wants to talk to you all the time or, or do you just find you go and you can get your job done or how does that kind of go? I mean, does that, how does that work? Well, that <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> that depends on the day. 
Um, there are definitely days where it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to get done. And you get there and, oh, guess what? Your horse doesn't have a front shoe on. So oh, <laughs> there you go too. Sure. So guess what? Course. You're you're not going to be do doing you put. quite yeah. the extensive <laughs> lesson that you thought you were going to yeah. be doing. Um, there's also, you know, days where you go out and you might have great plans and, and you find out that, you know, you end up, you know, getting into conversation with people or getting sidetracked and, um, you know, things might get cut a little bit short. So it's all just about being flexible and, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of take it as you come. It's just part of, I guess, being at the barn and having a barn family, so to say, Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, you're going to run into people and you're going to chit chat. I mean, I had a lesson last night and afterwards, um, a couple of the ladies and I, we went out and got appetizers and drinks because that's, you know, we try to do that, you know, once a week or once every Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. So, and if it works out for us to do it, great. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, we'll plan it some other time. And whoever mm-hmm. can make it, makes it. And whoever mm-hmm. can't, can't. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Do you – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, No, Trevor. you're fine. No, um, so I guess on top of that, which, I mean, you've covered a lot. One of my things were, like, just pros and cons of boarding. Like, say um, you have the chance to pick between, like, you have your own barn. Um, or you can board whichever one you want to do. Like, I guess comparing those two. Um. So the pros and cons for me personally are probably a little bit different than they are for other people. Um, Again, just kind of going back to the fact that I have a competitive show horse. Um, Boarding for me, the pros are my trainer's there, my horse is taken care of. If there's a problem, um, I'm an involved enough horse owner that they're going to reach out and let me know, but they also can deal with it. With that said, the barn that I board at currently Mm -hmm. is 40 minutes away from my house. Um, I do go almost every day, but it's nice to know that they're there and able to handle things if, you know, an issue should arise or if there's a problem. Um, It's, you know, third generation family business. So Mm -hmm. they have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, you know, like I had said earlier, I probably pay the equivalent to a mortgage payment for my board every month, but it's worth every penny because the facility is nice. Um, We have climate control in the winter, (laughs) which is fantastic. Very nice. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't have to worry about, you know, the, the transportation is there if we go to a horse show. Granted, that's an additional charge, but it's there. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about if the farrier's coming and, oh my gosh, I need to take a long lunch today because the farrier's coming because let's just face it, there are days that I don't even get a lunch because we're so busy at work. Um, it's nice to be able to walk into the barn and, you know, ride my horse and leave and not have to worry about, oh, I need to order hay or, oh, I need to order bedding or, oh, we need to clean stalls. Um, with that said, um, at the barn that I'm at, they don't, they feed on Sundays, but they don't clean stalls or turn out on Sundays because that's technically the day off for their workers, which Mm -hmm. is fine because they work really hard throughout the week. Um, I actually clean my own stall and turn my horse out on Sunday. Um, not every Sunday. There are certainly Mm -hmm. Sundays that I can't get there, but Mm -hmm. when I can get there, I do it because I don't mind doing it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Um, what about the riding schedule? Like, are you the arena usage and, and how, how comfortable mm-hmm. are you with that? Because there's probably a lot of people that are taking lessons or do you have to work around all of those things? Um, so yeah, you know, Saturdays are super busy right now. Um, I tend to ride earlier in the morning with a couple of other ladies. Um, but there's a group lesson that goes and then there are people that ride all day long. 
Um, so you just kind of learn the schedule at the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, Sundays are super quiet at the barn. Um, last Sunday, my cousin brought his two little kids out and we did pony rides on my horse. Um, so it worked, you know, mm-hmm. and, but I know that, you know, he's like, oh, I can come Saturday or Sunday. And I was like, well, you can't come Saturday because that's <laughs> not going to work. So you just kind of learn the schedule. Um, you know that if you want to ride on Tuesdays or Thursdays, the lesson starts at 530. So you need to be on and in the ring and ready to ride at 530. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you have to wait till after the lesson because that's mm-hmm. just the way that it is. But aside from that, I mean, really, there's two uh, two days out of the week where there's an hour and a half to two hour time frame that the arena really isn't available. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, um, and that's really only in the winter. And okay. the summer is, you know, provided it's not a torrential downpour, mm-hmm. we've got the outdoor ring, plus we have... Um, we have two field areas, two grass field areas that you can ride in. Plus we have the indoor. So really in the summertime, you can ride pretty much anywhere, whenever you want. We even will turn on the outside lights in the summertime and, you know, Mm. if it's getting dark, we'll have lessons outside. It just kind of depends on what's going on. But we're so sick of riding in the indoor at that (laughs) point. That's right. (laughs) That... Um, so yeah, it just, it, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the schedule with other people is a con necessarily because we don't have back to back to back lessons up there. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's a boarder fits into the border lesson program and it's, it's a little bit different. Um, it was definitely something that was a little bit different to adjust to initially, mm-hmm. but, um, the pony kids, have figured out how to be able to hack it with the big horses and you know they'll have the pony kids you know they'll set the course low for the pony kids to be able to jump and then the big the the adults or the big kids will will be able to jump a little bit later and you know they're accommodating but everybody learns how to ride together um but you know what and you go to a horse show Everybody has to learn how to ride in the schooling ring anyway, and that's the most yeah. terrifying place on the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. So it works. It makes you really become a rider, but it works. So do you uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go. So in my head, I was talking with Luke, who is our sound guy earlier, <laughs> um, about kind of comparing it. I mean, obviously not all of it, but kind of comparing it to like a golf clubhouse. With the idea of, like, having this clubhouse where y'all can get together and then they have the field, like, the golf course where you can go out, obviously, during the summer. We're not going to do that in the winter. <laughs> but, um, so with golf clubhouse, like, the members, they sometimes have, like, special events. Like, does the boarding facility, like, do they do that for you guys? Oh, yeah. So we, um, we have a barn Christmas party. Um, we, you know, do, like, a... We don't have quite as many kids there as what we used to because they are all getting older. Um, But we would always have, like, an Easter party. Um, Mm. For the different holidays, we would do something different. Um, So, certainly. And when we go to horse shows, I guess that's kind of more of, like, the, you know, the get-together. Because you go to horse shows, everybody Mm -hmm. goes out to dinner at the end of the evening together. And it's, you know, if you want to go, great. And if you don't want to go, that's fine, too. Um, You know, um, the one trainer, her husband likes to make chocolate covered strawberries for everybody and he'll just walk around Aww, with this giant sweet. plate of stra- of chocolate covered strawberries and share them um you know so it's you know it, i would say yes we do have different activities and different things that we do we always would do like a a trick or treat thing at, at halloween time for the kids 
um, you know, in the arena and have games and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so we for sure do have different things that we do together, but I would say your horse shows are almost like your, your member events that everybody goes to together. So you just said something that was kind of like, um, we've been talking about getting children involved and everything. Are you, do you feel like there's less children involved in horse riding than before now? Yes. Um, I do. And I think it's a kind of a combination of things. I think that having, um, so many sports available now, Mm -hmm. um, let's face it, it's a little bit easier for people to have their kids involved in soccer or, you know, hockey or basketball. Um, because as you progress up the levels within the horse industry, it becomes more expensive. And mm-hmm. I know that the travel sports become more expensive too, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't have to feed your soccer ball and you don't have to take your soccer ball mm-hmm. to the vet. Not okay? yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, you know, your soccer ball doesn't need new shoes every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that, that you do see a little bit of a decline, but I think it's more financial than anything, really. Because it is, you know, there was an article that was on Facebook the other day, and I can't think of who posted it, but it was talking about um, the United States Equestrian Federation, and they only have 66,000 members currently in Mm -hmm. the USAF. And that's the governing body for most hunter-jumper shows. And, you know, whoever wrote the article was pointing out Mm -hmm. some of the issues and why why do we only have 66,000 members Mm -hmm in the United States when the governing body of um, equine sports in Germany, they have over 650,000 members. And how much bigger is the United States Mm -hmm. than Germany? So I think it's, um, I I think it's a few different things. You know, you look at, you look at um, equestrian sports now, and there's definitely more of a gap between the people that, you know, do the weekend fun open shows and the people that do the higher level competition because there's such a financial commitment and it's mm-hmm. becoming so much more expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it's up to the governing bodies to say, you know, this is, this is becoming ridiculously expensive. We need to yeah. examine it and see what we can do yeah. to make it so that it's not the case, you know, and hopefully they'll catch on to that. Mm-hmm. But you you were a teacher, correct? Yes. So you you de- dealt with children, and what do you think are the benefits of being around horses? And what do you think? I mean, team sports are wonderful in, in and of themselves, but what do you feel like there is the the benefit to having a horse? Yeah, tell us how my upbringing would have been better if I was. You're <laughs> <laughs> doing great, Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> Well, there's nothing quite like being dragged around the farm <laughs> by Kristen, an evil pony That's so true. <laughs> that, I have experienced it that. Her. I have experienced that. <laughs> nothing <laughs> equates to that. So or, so you know, opening the the pasture gate because you're it's time to bring five of them in and you open the gate and one just runs you over and there go the other four and you're like, yeah. well, shoot. 
Yep. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, nothing quite equates to that. Being beaten up by your siblings doesn't even hold a candle no, to close. that. Because no, you can't you, talk to them. You no, can't, you there's, can't reason with them. Yeah. There's something about that where you're not able to have that conversation with them. You actually have to, you know, it's the, it's the, it's your mood. It's the movements. It's that you're learning mm-hmm. something completely different, different skills with yeah. horses than you are with people. So I think some of the benefits, number one, responsibility and that's something that it's it's a little bit um, different. And my trainer and I have discussed so many times, like, oh, these kids and horsemanship. And, you know, you can really tell the people that have the love for the horse yeah. and the passion mm-hmm. for the horse and mm-hmm. that want to have a partner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you grow up with a horse um, or grow up showing horses and you are really ingrained in the daily activities, mm-hmm. You know, you learn that, number one, your horse is your partner and your teammate. Um, And number two, they outweigh you by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So you better figure out the best way to communicate with them to make things work. Um, But number two, you kind of learn um, there's a responsibility that goes along with it. And, you know, if you don't shut the gate and you don't latch the gate when Mm -hmm. you leave... Mm -hmm. um, your horses are going to get out <laughs> and guess what? Now you're responsible for running around and getting them back inside. Oh, and it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have a responsibility to, and a commitment to your partner, which is your horse to make sure that, you know, you are doing what it is that you can do to keep them safe. Um, you, you're responsible for maintaining your equipment and keeping sure that you're, or making sure that your equipment is safe because let's, let's face it. Horse tech is expensive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if I didn't keep my equipment maintained, my mom wasn't buying me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely, you know, there's discipline. There's learning that, you know, you can go out and you can ride every single day and you can work your butt off, and there are still people that are going to be better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go out and you work every single day and you work hard and you put the time in, you're going to be more successful than you would have if you just hung out on the couch all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there are a lot of pros to being involved in horses, especially for kids. You know, you learn to be compassionate towards animals. Um, you you just kind of learn, um, you know, you learn that you can't always be right because there's something <laughs> that outweighs you by several hundred pounds that's going to let you know that, you know, that's great that that's your opinion, but this is my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So there, you know, and it's working with learning to work with other people, learning to take constructive criticism from a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, your parent isn't always the best option for a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> They're not? <laughs> no, it usually doesn't go over very well. I mean, it, it's been successful in many instances, but there are also many instances where, yeah. you know, you find that kids thrive in an environment where maybe they take lessons from someone else if you yourself as a parent are also a horse trainer. Yeah. Yeah, so, you never trained so. us, so I mean, you weren't our, our trainer or anything. What do you mean I didn't train you? No, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, yeah, I so know. we didn't have to experience. I, know. I don't right. know what it would be I like had to other be people trained. That, yeah, yes, yeah. that did come in and help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I have a question too about like um, this is going back to more of the boarding again. Then, like 
Um, did you find that, like maybe when you first started boarding or as time went on or even where you're at now, the amount of either tack or tack drunk or, you know, did you have to kind of figure out exactly what to take, what not to take, and, you know, how much or how little? I mean, was that kind of a, is that a learning experience? Is there anything you could tell our listeners about maybe pre-planning and thinking about it before you maybe load up your whole car and find out, oh, you know, can't do that. Or <laughs> So I went from having a two-horse trailer with a dressing room at my disposal in terms of being able to store all of my stuff, mm-hmm. and I had a pretty large dressing room, to a tech box. <laughs> <laughs> Minimalist. Yeah. So... What we learned from that is that Rubbermaid containers make great storage for off-season items like winter blankets. Um, but, you know, honestly, I went, when I, so I went from showing 4-H to doing some of the quarter horse stuff to then doing the hunter jumpers. Mm-hmm. So I accumulated a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I downsized to, you know, just having the show horse up at the barn, um, I got rid of a lot of stuff. I sold a lot of stuff. I sold enough bits to be able to buy my Butte saddle. Wow. Yeah. I sold a lot of Is that a lot of bits? I'm not a horse person, so I don't know. I don't know, but this is like the new thing, the minimalist thing, and you were doing it before it was even popular. I didn't have a choice. Good for you. I think my husband (laughs) would divorce me if I brought all that stuff home and stuck in the garage. Um, But I just, I knew that there were things that I wasn't going to be doing anymore Mm -hmm. or my horse is in a solid training program. So I don't need to have all this stuff because hopefully they have it because that's what they do. Um, so yeah, I got rid of a lot of stuff. Did you, you said you had had a quarter horse before too Mm -hmm. then? I mean, did you always ride English or have you ridden, did you ride Western at all? Or did you kind of go from, was it still jumping to what you're doing, you know, to showing, that type of thing, or I'm, I'm just wondering if you changed like your oh, yeah. total your your saddles and you know everything like the discipline of what you were doing to really change a lot. So, so I started riding Western okay um, when I was like four, mm-hmm. and then when I was in 4-H, I did Western and English, and I um, then once I got to a pony that was capable of jumping, I learned how to jump. But all through, up until I was, I graduated from high school. So um, I showed the Western and English all around, more quarter horse style, mm-hmm. um, all the way mm-hmm. up until I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And I even had, when I was, the last couple of years I was in 4-H, I even had a barrel horse as well um, that I took to the fair and everything. Um, and then when I graduated, I started riding hunter jumpers. That was also a transitional time for me. Um, the trainer that I was riding with at that time, they they were older. They retired. They sold their farm in the area. They moved to southern Ohio. And it was like, okay, well, now I have to make a transition. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a horse that was capable that, you know, he did the Western Pleasure and he actually was fairly um, successful on the quarter horse circuit, but was really more of an all-around horse mm. and was capable of doing some of the jumping, mm-hmm. like the very low-level jumping. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I transitioned over to a hunter-jumper trainer. Mm. And so I have only been riding hunter-jumpers um, since my early 20s. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I made that transition. Well, I still had a bunch of that stuff. That's what I'm wondering. Did you have that tack that you so made the switch over to? not all or? of it, but a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I think I had sold my saddle. I think my cousin bought it or something like that. But I had sold a lot of my stuff. But I still had, you know, you still have all this stuff that just accumulates. Yes. And you just drag yeah. around with you. Um, so I, yes, I had to downsize a lot. Okay. I had to downsize okay. pretty significantly. And, and sounds like you got it down to where I you did. know exactly what you need yes. at this point. I did. Yeah. I got it to the point to where I have actually gone out and repurchased a few things. <laughs> <laughs> sounds um, like it was fun. Nothing, like nothing major. Yeah, I've repurchased a few things. But, um, yeah, I got rid of a lot of stuff. And I know that, you know, like with having that other horse come home. So my husband and I just purchased some property um, that's out close to the park. So the pony's currently at my mom's house and he'll come home um, to our house. And then um, that retired mare will come up to our house as well. Um, But we're down the road from the park. And if we want a trail ride, we can go ahead and trail ride. So yeah, I'm certainly going to have to go out and buy some grooming equipment because all my (laughs) grooming equipment is up at the barn now. And I'm not dragging that stuff back and forth. She went minimal, but she's gaining again. So I'll just say that. Okay, from the person who has a few things at home. So maybe that's what's so, next after okay. minimalism. I think it is. I, I think, think you're. I think you're on top of it. I think you're a trendsetter. Kind of go back to finding the happy medium. So. Sounds good. Well, we will be taking a short break, and when we get back, we will go into our next segment, canter banter. Our next segment, canter banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. And we're back. So we were talking about how tough we are as equestrians, and (laughs) Katie has some stories on that. (laughs) Falling off our bumps and bruises and and getting up and saying, we're okay, we're fine. And so do you have any stories about that? Oh, I think I have a lot of stories about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Give us a good one. So I remember when I was probably like 12, um, we were at the fair. We showed at the Wood County Fair at that time. And um, my friend had a pony um, that she had taken as a breeding project. Um, and they had, he, she had, um, she had a colt at her side at that time, hence the breeding project. (laughs) And this pony, she was awesome show pony, but she had her quirks as all awesome show ponies do. (laughs) And she would drag you around if she got just a little bit ahead of you. And we were sitting, we you, we had everything arranged at the fairgrounds in such a way that the camper was right by the horse trailer, and we were able to tie off to the horse trailer mm-hmm. to tack up and stuff like that. And um, my friend Ann had said, hey, Katie, um, you know, can you take Blue back to the barn? And I'm like, oh, sure, no problem. So I go out to take Blue back to the barn, and, and she's got, you know, her, her foal next to her. And um, she got just a little bit ahead of me. And sure enough, she <laughs> drug me all the way down, all the way through the entire horse exhibit, all the way down to the end of the barn. And I thought I had regained control of her. And we were turning around and going back into the barn. Uh-huh. She dragged me all the way back through the barn, all the way back to the campground. 
<laughs> and I'm like this 12 year old kid at the end of the lead Did rope. Did people and, see you? Oh Were yeah, they watching. Oh, Are yeah. they saying Katie? And and humility. I, I get back to the, the campground and I'm like, Anne, Anne, and she's in the camper, of course. And next thing I know, we're dragging, we're running back through the barn. I'm being dragged back through the barn. Finally, someone helped me and we got her in her stall. But yeah, that was pretty terrifying at the age of twelve because yeah. heaven forbid I let go of this horse because yeah. we're at the fair. Like right. if I let go, it's going to go running around the fairgrounds. So that's yeah. not going to work. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah, for sure. That was definitely <laughs> one that was, I, yeah, I, I vividly remember yeah. that. Did you uh, come out of that like you were, you know, just everything's fine? Or did you <laughs> Well, or did I, you walk away and, and <laughs> go in hiding and then, you know, go? Ooh. No, she was like, let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned a really important lesson that day. That pony I've always got led with a lead shank over its nose. <laughs> Yeah, it does teach. It it teaches us to be humble because you're doing this in front of how many people you're running around with. So right. you have like no, you you just have to go with it. And you, you I think it builds your character too because, you know, you have to stand in front of these people and be like, yeah, I, I'm okay. <laughs> um, I was another one that's a good one. So I had, this was when I was younger because I had a smaller pony at this time. And I did the trail class at the fair. And at the very end of the trail class in 4-H, there's always the ground tie that you have to do, right? And of course, you know, usually the ground tie, it's just like there's a cone. And, you know, the idea is that they want to see that you can get off your horse and walk around and your horse isn't going to eat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, no, they thought they'd make this a little bit more adventurous and they threw a hay bag out there that was full of hay. Oh. So I'm on this 30-year-old Shetland pony. And I get off, and I and I I knew like when I got off, like yeah, he's gonna eat, like whatever. It is what it is. He's he's gonna eat that hay. So not only did he grab a hold of the hay in the hay bag, but he actually grabbed a hold of the hay bag, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get him to let it go. <laughs> so you struggled standing there, like, <laughs> which felt like forever. Probably in reality was like 30 seconds, yeah. but it felt like forever. Yeah. yeah, And I couldn't get this pony to let this stupid hay bag go. It was so embarrassing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Where is there a That's crack funny. in the ground that I can just disappear into at this time? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So. <laughs> well, that's so cute. I'm sure we have lots of stories. Lots of stories are going through my mind, and I'm sure we have lots of stories. Our listeners can <laughs> send in stories of their own that we can tell about, too, which mm -hmm. would be fun. So we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all of your equestrian family and friends. You can tune in to Late Night Writers Podcast Show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel and stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like to discuss? We'd like to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.